Welcome to season two of Teach and Wine About It. I'm Sean. And I'm Ashley. And we're two teachers navigating the world of teaching and learning. In the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> so join us each week as we talk about assessment, technology, and resources to supercharge your teaching. And as always, we will review a new wine each week because you can't teach. Unless you can whine about it. Now, let's start the show. All right, this is episode four of season two of Teach and Wine About It. And, uh, we are back. We are back, and we are ready for a couple days off of work. Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, you know, it hasn't been all that bad. What are some of your highs from the last week? Um, so we are recording this, and we're still we're in the middle of our last week, just oh, so yeah. everybody um, is aware, so yep. we're not just like making this up. Um, in the middle of Christmas break. Because <laughs> you are listening to this on Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah. And we are not recording a podcast right now. No. So, yeah. So, um, my... What did you ask me? My high or my uh, Let's go high first. Okay. Um, I assigned my kids a biographical analysis. So, mm-hmm. in AP Lang, we do um, an author project. It extends throughout the whole year. They pick an author and they read, like, multiple books. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of my kids are knocking this assignment out of the park. Oh, good. Which is a relief because the class average for my last essay was, like, a 40-something. Ooh, those, but like, those happen. I don't give 100% on writing very often because I really think that if you're in, like, no kid is perfect at writing. So, yeah. like, it's, we're always, no draft is final. Um, so I really like to not, like, I'll, I'll give a, a kid a 99, but I will not give that 100. I gave two 100s when I was grading mm, one of my classes. So that's refreshing, a, though. It was a big deal. And yeah. I told them that. It's like, you know, on the Great British Bake Off, when Paul Hollywood reaches his hand out to give the handshake, and people are like, oh my god, this is the greatest day of my life, even though it's just a handshake? Um, I'm actually, you're about to disown me. I've never watched a full episode of the British Bake Off. Get out of my house. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um... Yeah, well, that's really great. That's a good sign. Yeah. You teach good. Thanks. You teach good. I have a similar bit of news, too. I have a, um, I have a kiddo who has struggled so much this year. Mm-hmm. She is the leaseholder of the struggle bus. She is also the driver. She owns the struggle bus dispatch. Um, and she actually managed to turn her grade around from 37 heading into Thanksgiving into just passing Mm -hmm. and she's made it through she had a lot of skill development to catch up on and uh she's gonna do it she's gonna get her credit and i really love her perseverance for that yeah yeah talk to me about your low let's not go too low though because it's right right about to be vacation um so i mean i think just like my summative low of like the last like the whole semester is like i'm really just missing the connection that i feel like i normally feel with my students oh yeah big time um like i feel like i've been robbed of getting to know this group of young people Mm -hmm. because it's so hard to do through a screen. And even when I had them with me, it's like so hard to do when I have to stay six feet away from them. And I'm like Mm -hmm. basically just telling them to do the work that the online kids are doing because I'm so stressed out all the time. Yeah. That's been really hard to Mm -hmm. see all the missed opportunity. Like we just expanded the PBL program I talked about last week into the 11th grade. Mm -hmm. And I have these amazing co-teachers and we had this great vision and nothing was able to fully, you know, pan out because we mm-hmm. had four schedule changes during the semester yeah. and um, and we shut down twice in there for COVID mm-hmm. spread within our program. And it just, to know that like everyone did their best, but there was yeah. stuff out of our control. And I think that that's kind of like my summative, again, trying not to go too low, but I just like at this, at the end of the year, like as I'm looking back and reflecting, like we spent most of this year 
in a pandemic. So like, I'm really cognizant and really aware right now of like just everything that I feel like we've been, we've like lost. Yeah. And you know what? To that end, I think we can take back a little bit of control from 2020. Yes. So this segment we are calling The Purge. The Great Purge. The Great Purge. We are Not going to... Not like scary wear a mask purge. No, that one's all bloody and, you know, whatever. No, you don't no. need to install, like, crazy metal doors on your house. Yeah, it's not that purge. Um, the, we're talking about how we can purge some of the negative vibes of 2020. Yes. And even though we're not harboring the suspicion that 2021 is going to be much better, weird stuff happens, we know this, but we feel like there's some stuff that we can do to give us kind of a mm-hmm. sense of a fresh start when we get back into our rooms in January. Yes. And I think that one of the most important things um, to think about when you're thinking about purging 2020, especially when it comes to school, I have felt this year like I'm always working. So mm-hmm. like, especially when I'm working from home, like I just yeah. feel like I can't leave. Um, so I think that while we're on this break, we're yeah. on winter break. I mean, if you're a high school teacher, um, in theory, you have like two weeks where your semester's over mm-hmm. and you don't really have like a class. So you have two weeks where like, sure, you could do some planning and we're actually going to talk about that in a minute. But like, I plan to read at least six books over Ooh. break. That's my soft goal. Look at you out here reading for pleasure. Yeah. And so we wanted to take a time to like talk about some book recommendations, some activity recommendations, some drink recommendations. Oh, yeah. And just some stuff we can do to clean up this space that we've been kind of oh, yeah. living in because our, our workspaces are not doing great. Right yes. Now. Yeah. Mine is not. Yeah, so what's a, um, what is a book that you either uh, have already dived into or uh-huh. that you're planning on? Okay, so I want to talk about, like, two. The first one I'm reading right now, it's called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue okay. by V.E. Schwab. Um, okay. And it's kind of along the same lines as, like, The Time Traveler's Wife or anything similar. Um, and it's about this girl who is immortal. Okay. Um, and it's two dual timelines, so it's about when she becomes immortal and then, like, 300 years later... Mm-hmm. Um, and her, the trick is that she's immortal, but no one remembers her. So as soon as they like, don't, as soon as they walk away from her, even if they're like, they just go to the bathroom and come back, they forget her. Oh, so oh. it's been, it's actually been really sad mm-hmm. so far, but it's turning around. Yeah. Um, the other one that I'm really looking forward to reading is I actually, um, bought Kamala Harris's oh, uh, hey. memoir. So I want to read that. And then I am... 97% sure that my roommate is getting me the new Barack Obama book. Oh, gotcha. So, sorry, Sierra, yeah. if you're listening. I know what you're getting me <laughs> it's for out Christmas. of the bag. <laughs> yeah, I have a similar one. I, um... I just was gifted a copy of the um, Pete Buttigieg book, Trust, oh, yes. and that one seems pretty interesting. It's it's reflective, but still like the level of nerdy that mm-hmm. I need um, and thrive on, so yeah. I'm going to be diving into Trust in a couple of days. I'm actually going to give myself a couple of days of just eye relaxation, uh-huh. so I'm noticing staring at a screen is starting to really catch up with me, and yeah. just like the headaches... And the eye tension, so... You gotta get you some blue light glasses. I Yeah. I w- actually, I really want one of those, like, 90s set of, like, reflective blue oh glasses. Oh, my gosh. One of my sorority from, like, sisters has those. Oh, my gosh. Borrow them immediately for well, me. Well, she lives in wherever Harvard is. Oh. Okay. Harvard girl, if you're listening... Lori Stevens. Mail the glasses. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, I'm probably going to see if I can get back into going for like short walks, which I was uh, doing for a while. It was really good. And then I dropped, compl- I dropped the ball completely. That's on that. actually, uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the all trails app? No. So it's an app. I know 100% sure for sure it's on iPhone. I assume that if you can't find the same app, there's something similar for Android, mm-hmm. um, or Google, whatever 
you have the Google Play Store. Um, and it's just an app that you download on your phone. You enable location services. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it'll just be like, here are paths near you. It has a difficulty rating. It'll give you a oh. map. You can even turn on like turn-by-turn directions oh, while you're cool. on the path. So that's really cool. Yeah. Bundle up and go for a walk. Yes. Yeah. Um, and if you want to get cozy, you know, in your house, by the fire, on the couch, you could always get a little crazy and become a mixologist over your yes. break. So we have curated a list of three holiday appropriate cocktails Mm -hmm. to relate well one relates to christmas because it's about the grinch Mm -hmm. one is just kind of like a a seasonal a seasonal something something um and then another one is hanukkah related Ooh, yeah we're we're inclusive up in here yeah that first one um this one she is a little sweet yes um but you know it might as well be extra to close out this year Mm -hmm. so uh if you want to mix up a grinch punch yes you got to get yourself some green kool-aid which it's probably been a minute since you made kool-aid yeah like a kool-aid packet yeah and that goes into sprite vodka pineapple ginger ale and then uh if you want to get crazy you can do like a little colorful sugar rim so if you're having people over Mm -hmm. while following cdc guidelines thank you um two household max yeah you could get fancy yeah and you know i think that you could tone down the sugar um by replacing the sprite with soda water yeah yeah um, and so our other, I'm going to try and convince my family to have this on Christmas day. I think it's called the poinsettia. Mm. Um, and all it is, it's super easy. It's champagne, cranberry juice, and then a little bit of orange liqueur. Okay. Yep. I could definitely mess up and have way too much of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and one thing too, in terms of cozy drinks, um, we at my house have been really getting into screwball Ooh. into coffee. That is amazing. It's a screwball's like the peanut buttery stuff, you know? Oh, I thought, okay, you said screwball and I thought you were talking about a screwdriver. Oh. And so I was thinking that you were pouring orange juice and vodka into coffee. Oh. Like, I wish you could see the look of mat, like pure malice that I just shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be weird and curdly and pulpy. Um, no, uh, it's a screwball peanut buttery whiskey stuff okay, into coffee. That I can get behind. Super cozy. Um, all right. And then our last, so, um, I really, really wanted to include a Hanukkah cocktail. Yeah. And so I had to get, I had to, this is kind of a stretch. So the main colors, like, you know, Christmas is like green and red. Yeah. I feel like the colors for Hanukkah are blue and silver. Yep. Yep. So if you make a gin and tonic, Mm. but you put it in the blender with ice, Oh, the tonic does that weird colory thing. Yeah, it turns like silvery. Yep, yep. I not, so, I've seen that before. Yes. Um, so it's just basically a gin and tonic. Throw some lime juice in there. Mm-hmm. Blend it up with some ice. Um, I also, on the website that I saw, and we'll have these recipes. We did not make them up. We yep. will um, link them down totally in the description. Um, and the website that I was on said that you could replace your ice. You could add a cup and a half of water and freeze it. And then it'll become like, like a slushy, like a thing? slushy. Okay. All right. All right. I'm down for that. I'm not afraid to have a cold drink in cold weather. I know. I mean, if you're like in front of a fireplace. Yeah. That's a perfect little balance yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now for, um, just in general, getting ready to go back into the classroom after your couple weeks off. Yeah. So like yeah. new year, new me, clean space. What yeah. do you got? Um, for me, there is something we all need to face. We need to look ourselves in the mirror. And admit to us openly and wholeheartedly that we hoard useless crap in oh our my desks. God. It's time. It's time. Pull it's the drawers. 
dump it all. Don't, you don't want to be a hoarder. Think about it. You get hit by a bus tomorrow and uh-huh. the custodians have to come in to purge your desk and they're going to find out that you've been hoarding Nutri-Grain bars and dirty mugs. Mm-hmm. Like They would 100% find that at my desk right now. Yeah. It's time. Just go in there. You don't, you don't need the old chapstick that you're not even sure that you were the last one to use mm-hmm. it. It's got to go. The, all the pencils, put them in that grubby bucket for kids to have. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have all the stuff. Dump the desk. Dump everything in the desk. And, you know, I think even if you're, because, I mean, some districts, I'm pretty sure, like, Chicago Public Schools, they're remote until, like, the end of March or something. Yeah. So, like, even if you have a work-from-home space, I am sure, if you were anything, oh, yep. if you're even a smidgen like me, like, you have, you probably have just, like, little clutter everywhere that you're like, oh, I use that, so I'm going to keep it there. Maybe come up with, like, an organization system. Yeah. Spru- spruce it up. Buy yourself a new candle, a new plant. Something. Revive. Something. And if you struggle sometimes with trying to decide, pick a volume. I am going to commit today to throwing out one grocery paper bag mm-hmm. full of crap that I have not touched in the last 45 years. Yes. Yep. Speaking of crap you haven't touched in 45 years, Yeah. let's talk about old student work. This one's hard. Yeah. This is hard. It is. I hoard way too many old student projects. And I think that gives me permission to just recycle old ideas for better or worse. And I think I need yeah. to let some of that go. Even the, even the ones that were pretty and I have an emotional attachment to. If the kid, if I, if I called the kid now at, and they're in their mid-20s and mm-hmm. go, do you remember your project on the Vikings? Now they don't. They do not no, remember that no. project on the Vikings. Why am I still keeping it? I know. And like, I know my problem is like, I will keep work that's like subpar mm-hmm. just because I loved this student. Oh, yeah. So like I have, this is weird. I have a student's writing notebook. Normally when a kid leaves their writing notebook behind, I like rip the pages out. I put a sticker over their name on the front and then I'm like, here you go. You need a notebook. This is for, it's recycled, yeah. but it's for yeah. free. I have this one kid's notebook that I just keep with me. Yeah. It's not good writing. Yeah. He didn't even write anything super like mm-hmm. profound, super emotional. I just love this kid, so I take his notebook. I like have his notebook. Well, I'm not here to give unsolicited advice like we talked about in the last episode, but I think you might need to Marie Kondo that. I think so, because I just said it out loud, and I was actually like, I paused before I said the story, because I was like, <laughs> Do I want to admit to this, because yeah. it makes me sound like a creep. Yep. Things, things that have to go. Old student projects, old sample textbooks that have been given by publishing companies. Oh, that's hard for me. You never know when you're going to need it. I don't, you know, and I, I have the timeout cabinet in my classroom. This uh-huh. is running along, but I have a timeout cabinet in my classroom. Everything that I think I might need one day, but I'm not sure goes mm-hmm. in the timeout oh, cabinet. Yeah. And then at the end of the year, everything in timeout gets purged. I have one of those, but I didn't, I don't, I have never used it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have a cabinet that I shove stuff into that I hardly ever open. So, like, obviously yep. everything in that cabinet needs to go. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, set yourself up for success after a great break of having some mm-hmm. some time to read, some time to have a beverage, and go back to a classroom with an empty desk, cleaned off surfaces, and about 4% of the student projects you've been hoarding over the last couple years. Yes. You got this. You got this. So it's time that we opened up a red. All right. Let's do some tasting notes. Ooh. Out here saying tasting notes. This sounds serious. No, like, you know how people say, like, 
tasting notes about wines and stuff. Yeah. Imagine if that happened to other things. Like, my tasting notes for this Capri Sun is that it's a little heavy on the nose. Oh, this Kraft mac and cheese? The minerality is very forward. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's see if that's the case for this wine. Nope. All right. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Well, that is strong and whiny. Uh, Yeah. And and how would you rate yourself as a wine reviewer? Um, I'd say I'm uh, pretty partially effective. Definitely. How about you? Oh, I'm developing. Definitely developing. My 504 would say my vocabulary development needs to be accommodated. Heavily, heavily accommodated. Yes, it does. So we're going to talk in this segment about long-range planning. And, yes. you know, it's it's tough to get a grasp on how the year is going to go, but there are a couple of different approaches we can take to set us our, set ourselves up for success in semester two yes. and maybe not kill ourselves in the process. And this is actually, I love lesson planning. Yes, so like you do. My number one part about the job is, like, making relationships with kids. But my second part is I love just sitting down with, like, a set, of standards. You're and a like, dork. Thinking, like, how can I teach this? <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, it's nice. It, it's nice to have a clean slate sometimes, mm-hmm. um, and to just maybe that's part of the whole purging thing from the previous segment. But yes. um, it, it, it is nice sometimes to have a little bit of a clean slate and to play around with stuff. I mean, we don't get a lot of time to do that, but when we right. do, it can be nice. And I mean, it's a new for high school and I think middle school people. It's a new semester, fresh start. I get fresh kids. Oh, well, yeah. my kids like mix up. I guess. Yeah. Um, so I have fresh classes. It's a whole new restart. And so we thought that today would be a good time to just kind of talk about how to like, how we go about planning out our yeah. lessons. And there's one really, really important thing to think about here. So a lot of us, when we talk about unit planning, we have flashbacks to like crappy grad level classes or continuing ed things where we have to make a unit plan for oh, something yeah, we'll never like teach. rationale. Yeah. We, and, and that is absolutely not what no, we're saying here. What I we're we're talking about sitting down and taking an hour or two to just revisit one of your units or one of the things that mm-hmm. you do to get some fresh eyes. Because even though that's a big, an hour or two is a lot of time to spend, you know, thinking about a unit. But if you can ease up the emotional burden and in your own feelings as you're teaching that unit, mm-hmm. I find that if I work an extra hour or two at the beginning of the semester, once I get to that unit and have left myself some stuff to go mm-hmm. on, that I can ac- I actually have less stress, and I you know I'd rather work smarter, not harder. Uh huh. And I mean, I think even just taking like twenty minutes one day during break during the first week of the semester and thinking like, okay, where am I going? So like, I'm going to teach this, and then I'm going to teach this. Even if you just know, if you, even if you're just like one semester in advance, or not one semester, mm-hmm. like one unit in advance. So like, yeah. I know that I'm starting AP Lang next semester with a gender unit, and then I'm going into my second author paper yeah so like I know that like during the gender unit I need to be preparing them for Mm -hmm. this so and it's good to sometimes just schedule that 20 to 30 minutes to be alone with your thoughts that Uh can be scary sometimes but to be alone with your thoughts and 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 explore how you're going to go about something Mm -hmm. and just sit in the quiet and just be with what you're thinking of Yep. And so our first tip is to um, think about like your goals for your units. So we really wanted to think about, or well, I know I want to think about um, and challenge you to think about revisit why you teach your unit. Mm -hmm. So like why, 
are you teaching this? Do you want to teach this this year because you've always taught it? Or do mm-hmm. you want to teach it because you're super excited yeah. about this content? And we don't necessarily have to be super excited about everything we teach. Let me tell you, I got some units in my curriculum that definitely could go if I had my way. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, we need to recharge ourselves with revisiting our whys mm-hmm. for these units. It, it, it makes it easier on us if we have a grasp on our why because then we don't end up going through the motions and backing ourselves into situations where we've over-assessed and over-assigned. Yes. Um, so, like, I know for English, like, I also try to think about, like, my why being, like, not content-related. So, like, mm-hmm. I really like to teach critical thinking in my kids and, like, yeah. how to how for, for them how to teach them how to view the world critically. So like, not just like, Oh, I saw this article in the wall street journal about how women who have doctorates should just go by misses. I guess that's what it should be. (laughs) The Dr. Joe Biden article. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I love that too, because you automatically, you said like, you know, you had enough passion there to opine about it. Like you, you thought in that moment, just off the cuff of a situation where, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. You could revisit what you're doing. Yeah. It's nice to take the time. Right. And over in history territory, I, I find myself teaching some stuff periodically that has no empathy or human connection. I do mm-hmm. slide back into old crutches in history and I teach the facts. Yeah. And the PowerPoint I, up at the front of the room. Absolutely. Like park and bark, sage on the stage. Um, Ooh, park and bark. I don't think I've ever heard that one. I before. love park and bark. I learned it from a drag queen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like in history, like, I am not serving my subject unless I get the kids to empathize and visualize. Right. Like I can, t- I can tell you, I can teach African imperialism mm-hmm. super, super well. But until I figured out how to lead with the empathy piece, I was just beating my head over, you know, uh, against a wall as the kids were not yeah. connecting and not diving into the content. Yes. So, you know, what is our goal back there? Right. And even thinking about like science, how are you making like current issues in science engaging to students. So how can you tie in, like, for example, the pandemic? How can you tie that into what you're learning? How can you make your learning relevant for the kids? Right. And I know these are lofty goals sometimes too, but just taking the time to ask yourself how much you are doing these things can sometimes Mm -hmm. give you clarity. I mean, you think about math and a big thing in math education right now is on on math efficacy, self-efficacy that kids think they're bad at math. Yeah. Well, what about, what do you do within triangle proofs and the process of completing a proof in geometry that could be reapproached or presented in a new way that that centers student self-efficacy mm-hmm. more so than their ability to regurgitate CPCTC. Ooh, CPCTC. Ooh, yeah. Wasn't that your AIM screen name at one point? Oh my god. Wow, the early 2000s probably. Yeah. I don't know, I'm a dork. Yeah. We're both dorks. I just remember this because you mm-hmm. took geometry a year before me, and I didn't know what that was, and I was upset. I feel like there's an inside joke that I, I think I've it was lost something, it at this yeah, point. Yeah, anyway, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, make sure your kids know your why with each unit, and yeah. honestly, that can be, sometimes that's more so for you than for them. You know, and I think kids really value transparency, so like, I will totally approach my kids and say, like, listen, this unit overall but we got to do it. But we get to read one of my favorite pieces of writing and we're all going to love it. And so I think just like 
keeping that in mind. Like, I think just be a real person for your kids and like, yeah. let them know when you love something, mm-hmm. let them know when you don't love something and, and let them know when you overcame not loving something. Mm-hmm. Like I hated teaching the world explorers for the longest time because the textbook treated Columbus and the others like a hero. Right. And then I decided to start teaching them the way I felt it should be taught. So oh, I, oh, I, te- I know I teach a section now that I call Christopher Columbus is a trash human. <laughs> and that's me being transparent to the kids. Um, that's really funny because I teach a unit that I call why Thomas Jefferson is a hypocrite. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. It's how oh, I teach my kids argument. That's good. That's mm-hmm. really good. So yeah, be, you know, transparent with your why. And you know, it, as we are really reinventing ourselves uh, with unknown school schedules persisting, mm-hmm. um, there are some unit length experiences that you could unpack and discover too. Um, that, that might sub in, you know, a, a, a totally new experience to try something new and actually might mm-hmm. be easier than what you're already doing. Let's be honest. Yes. Do you have any thoughts, any organizations you might be connected to? Yes. There are two that I really, really recommend. Um, they're primarily for um, English teachers uh, and social studies teachers. Of course, it's kind of more Ashley and I's realm. Um, yeah. But the Die Tribe is an organization I work very closely with, and they work on developing kids' identity and um, positive mental health coping strategies and trauma-based education through poetry and performance. Mm -hmm. And um, the Diatribe is uh, releasing these uh, actual units of content that are available for teachers to, there are a couple of free things, there's some that are available for, you know, purchase, that you can have like six weeks of an out-of-the-box curriculum that you can get to your kids virtually, in-person, hybrid, whatever that is, in a bunch of different modes. That's really awesome. And it's right out of the box. So I love that for English teachers um, 7 through 12. It's called The Diatribe, and you can find them at thediatribe.org. I love that journey for me. I love that journey for you. No, it's super cool. Like the stuff, there's videos, there there's sessions that, that teachers can sign their kids up for via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some out-of-the-box stuff out there that could shake up what you're doing and maybe sure. save you some time. Um, and then social studies teachers, at least at the 8... 8th grade, 9th grade, 10th grade, 11th grade level probably are familiar with iCivics, mm-hmm. but iCivics is now packaging up a lot of their stuff at unit levels. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to try a new experience with maybe some inquiry or some project-based learning, iCivics has got some stuff that's downloadable and ready to go. Yeah. And I think even just trying to think like, how can I make this more engaging? But like also remember that engagement doesn't equal fun. Like it should be engaging right. and rigorous. So like we have a forensic science class in our school and they always do yeah. like this whole unit where they um they like have to build a crime scene Ooh. and so that's really cool and like really cool like awesome for them so just yeah. like think about how do you turn a unit into an experience yeah instead of just like something that the kids do in your classroom and like ashley talked about a couple episodes ago grade less assess less yes. connect with the kids more find ways to reduce you know useless mm-hmm. assessments so that you can get in there and do some of the quirky stuff right because like going back to that science example like sure she could have like made them like take a test on this element take a test on this element take a test on this element but she just assessed all of that with can you put this all together yeah and the last thing too potentially to consider here um, you know and we all kind of have to be flexible on long-range planning because who knows what 2021 will look 
because in 2019, we didn't see any of this 2020 storyline right. happening. So Also, when yeah. we're talking long-range planning, we're not talking about like sitting down with the whole like January, February, March calendar and saying, oh. like, on this day, I'm going to do this, and no. on this day, I'm going to do no, this. No, 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 no. And that's impractical. But taking opportunities to just go dive in and explore some of the stuff you've done mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. I think looking at assessments, sometimes it's great to just spend 20 minutes and do a quick skim of all of your unit end assessments or chapters, however you assess, mm-hmm. dump them all and just do a quick skim to make sure the stuff still makes sense. Yeah. I also, um, I mean, I know that I just talked about how I love to sit down with a standard and mm-hmm. talk about, like, think about how I can teach it. But one of my goals this year is to make sure that I'm actually teaching the standard that I think I'm teaching. Yeah. So like there are a lot of times where I sit down and I'm like, okay, I want my kids to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm teaching them like RL, whatever, a the standard. standard number. Yeah. Um, but when I sit down and I'm like, okay, now, now I want them to write a character sketch. I like look back at the activities that I've done for the unit. I've been like, I haven't taught them. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes even, I mean, I consider myself not to toot my own horn, but I consider myself a pretty good, a pretty innovative educator. Um, and I even fall back into the old routine of like, all right, read this, mm-hmm. answer these questions. We'll yeah. talk about them. Read this. And like, that doesn't really give like set the kids up for actual learning i don't think so just really evaluating like this is what my standard says this is what it looks like when a kid knows how to do this yeah and then thinking about how do i teach the kids how to do that yeah and even if you wanted to you know make that even easier on you as you go and you assess your assess your assessments yeah 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 when you go assess your assessments don't look at it from the lens of view. Look at mm-hmm. it from a kid's perspective and not just a hypothetical one. Pick one in your brain. Mm-hmm. I think of like, I have a couple kids in my head that I know will always assess for me around like a 90% on an essay or something. It's just, you know, I think of that kid who maybe misses an instruction periodically but has the content down. Mm-hmm. You know, I picture that kid taking the test and I walk through the assessment with myself as though I was that kid. What would they trip up on? Right. What stuff do you think will not compute from how I taught it? Mm-hmm. And then that informs me okay maybe we need to look at this item again or remove it or tweak it or something like and that I mean that's probably very easy for you since you didn't do your homework in high school I never did my homework in high school that's honesty that is true honesty mm-hmm. right there yeah yep um and also sometimes too at the I know we don't really want to look at the whole semester and sit down and do that that's exhausting but you know if you have had some issues lately with some of your units um you know, you can always revisit your, your sequencing, like mm-hmm. chemistry people, you know, electrochemistry makes sense after stoichiometry. You have to have one before the other. Totally makes sense. Just like math, there's stuff like that out there. But do we need to, um, do we need to separate like a lot of chemistry teachers combustion reactions from orgo? Like, and I cannot believe I remember chemistry I right now. I don't know anything you're talking about. <laughs> I do know what stoichiometry is because I tried to teach a kid how to do it the other day. Oh, wow. You're brave. No, it, brave. Didn't, it didn't work. Uh, yeah. I took one look at it and I was like, so you need to get like four hydrogens over here. And then he just gave me this face and I was like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I just wonder if sometimes we teach stuff in orders that takes up more time because we have to revisit the previous lessons. Well, like, yeah, and I mean, it's like how much of it is like just falling into the groove. Like I've always taught this and I always teach mm-hmm. this and I always teach this. Be, yeah. Shake it up. Yeah. Move beyond the textbook. Yeah, and there's a difference between spiraling your instruction back to key learnings mm-hmm. and just um, uh, having to bounce back and forth between the subject matter to keep kids fresh. Like there's yeah. a difference between that. So, yes, for sure. But make sure you give yourself grace. Take some time to be alone with your thoughts before semester two starts. Uh-huh. Be flexible. Be very, very flexible, like a gymnast, but with your brain. That's weird. 
Maybe we can edit that out. Yeah, let's move on. Thank you, as always, for coming back for yet another week of teaching wine about it. I'm so excited to get into my classroom and purge literally everything down to the studs. And next week, we're going to talk about some new brain research that reveals a little bit more about how our kids learn math and vocabulary. <laughs> and in addition, we're going to talk ways that we can revisit our teaching spaces from our desks to our whiteboards to make it a better experience to be a teacher. In the meantime, enjoy a glass of wine. <laughs> or two. Because you can't teach. Unless you can whine about it. <laughs> <laughs>